we call it pothole season because that's when they really form when we start to have those uh, fluctuating temperatures and rain. Well, at this point, we don't have anywhere else to kick the can down the road because it's falling into a pothole. People are going to say what they're going to say, but all it takes is driving across the border to recognize that Texas roads are in pretty good shape. Sometimes it feels like none of us can agree on much of anything. But one thing that seems to bring together Republicans and Democrats, urban and rural, young and old, is our roads. Whether it's a construction project that slows you down on the highway or a pothole you hit in your neighborhood, roads are something we all have to deal with. And as the population grows in North Texas, it will be vitally important to maintain them. I'm Chris Blake, and in this two-part series, we take a look at the impact of all those new cars on Texas roads, how we pay to keep up with old ones and build new ones, and yes, even what causes a pothole. When the results came out from the 2020 census, the population in Texas had jumped 16% from where it was just 10 years earlier, from about 25 million people to 29 million. That population growth was centered around the state's major cities. In our region, the number of people living in Dallas County jumped 10%, and that number was 16% in Tarrant County. But the real growth was in the suburbs. Collin, Denton, Ellis, Kaufman, and Parker counties all saw at least a 26% growth in their populations, with Kaufman's going up 40%, the fastest growing county in North Texas. Only three counties in the state grew more than Kaufman County, and they were all in the Austin suburbs. With all that suburban growth, Sean Merrill with the American Society of Civil Engineers says the distances people are driving in Dallas-Fort Worth are stressing the roads. The Dallas North Tollway, for instance, goes right through Fresco, where I live. It's constantly being you know, upgraded and widened and improved and extended. So that's just really a quick microchasm of what's going on in our whole uh, transportation industry. That growth is leading to a lot of new construction and upgrades to existing roads. Brandon Lewis is in a different position from many technicians because he works for new brakes, which meets people where they are. You see a lot of this when I go out to these cars. Is they're around a lot of construction. With that, there's a lot of gravel. There's a lot of debris. Those actually, people don't realize, can get stuck inside that caliper and caliper bracket, which then can cause grooves in the, the rotors. And then with the differentials of road condition, it wears and tears a lot more than normal on your suspension of your shocks and truss. So I always look around when I'm going to a customer's house. I'm looking around and I'm seeing, you know, hey, I saw a lot of construction down the road. Do you travel around there a lot? Yeah, I have to. I, I guarantee you what I'm seeing on your car, I see a lot of grooves. This is why. And it's not just a commuter issue. Republican State Senator Kelly Hancock emphasized that keeping the roads in shape is essential for the state's economy. The primary thing that we look at is that economic engine to make sure we keep it going. So it's constantly looking at our corridors where the economic activity takes place and making sure that we're out ahead of it to make sure we're addressing the needs that are there. Hancock represents the state's 9th Senate District, which includes most of Keller and North Richland Hills and loops down along State Highway 360 into parts of Arlington, Grand Prairie, and Irving. It's not a huge secret. Texas has not received the highest marks for its roads, but that's also the case for much of the country. But since we're talking about Texas, what are your reactions to that, and what do you think some of the causes are for those road conditions? Well, I've driven in other states, and I'll take our roads over the other state. <laughs> People are going to say what they're going to say, but all it takes is driving across the border to recognize that Texas roads are in pretty good shape. Anecdotal evidence backs that up. In fact, I 
traveled 35 yesterday, had to go speak in Waco and complimented on what a great improvement 35's been, you know, uh, north of Waco and and the impact of that and, and what a great road system that we, now it takes years to build, you know, I think you can go back to my college days, we were working on 35 and we'll, you know, it's a major corridor. So we'll always be working on 35, trying to stay ahead of it um, and doing that. But I'll, I'll take Texas roads over a lot of our neighbors' roads any day. Recent grades bear that out. Every four years, the American Society of Civil Engineers grades America's infrastructure. Texas got a C in the report released late last year. As for those neighbors Hancock mentioned, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and New Mexico all received a C-, and Louisiana got a D+. The nation as a whole received a C-, actually up from a D plus four years ago. But Texas's roads, which include the largest highway network in the country, rated slightly below the state's overall rating, getting a D plus. Back to Sean Merrill. Think of our area almost as the body of a person, as you're growing almost like an appendage of sprawl. Think of it that way. You have to provide the arterial network, the blood flow to get to there back and forth. If you don't, you're going to cut it off and it's either not going to grow or you're just going to sit in traffic on a little two lane road every day. The study says the state has actually done pretty well on its roads in recent years with updates and expansion, mostly keeping up with population growth, albeit drivers are spending more time in traffic these days. The engineer's larger concern had to do with future funding, and that funding comes from a variety of public and private sources. Tolls are one of them. These roads don't last forever also. I hear a lot of people complaining that after 40, 50 years, I don't want to be paying tolls anymore. Well, the road isn't going to last hundreds of years. After 40 or 50 years, the road's going to need to be replaced, continuously need to be improved and maintained. On the public side, one of those sources of funding is the state. Hancock sits on the Texas Senate Transportation Committee. Probably the primary function of the Transportation Committee is laying out the framework in which this takes place making sure that there's a balance between primarily the funding mechanism, make sure we get that right to meet our long-term goals. Another source of public funding is the federal government, and money from there is on the way. President Joe Biden signed a $1 trillion infrastructure bill in November. The White House says Texas is slated to get nearly $27 billion for its highways and $537 million for bridges. But once that money is in the state, How does it get divvied up? You know, we have what we call our uh, UTP or Unified Transportation Program. And that's a program where they look long term. So they're looking 10 years out at projects and trying to, again, project where the growth is coming from and plan out. And so that'll be based on really a lot of that UTP and what what roads are ready and where we are based on the preliminary work that's already taking place literally, you know, in the last several years. On top of what the state distributes, there will be even more money up for grabs through federal grant programs. The federal government passed a infrastructure bill under the Biden administration. The city of Dallas will get some funds from that and then we'll be we'll get some state funds and then we'll Alec will be competing for federal grants. And the first federal grant just opened up. That's Dallas City Council member Omar Narvaez. We'll hear from him much more in part two of this series. One of the last pieces of that funding we've yet to touch on is taxes. There are mechanisms in place to allow tax dollars collected in various places to go to roads. According to the Texas Department of Transportation, those taxes contributed billions to the state highway fund in the last fiscal year. Texas also has a gas tax of 20 cents a gallon. That in turn is used to fund some other things across the state. 
25% of the gas tax goes towards education in the state of Texas. And the state has significantly increased our commitment in funding education across the state. Uh, and so I, I don't know that you're going to, knowing that 25% of that mm -hmm. is going toward education, it, it makes it a little bit different in the state of Texas in doing away with that tax. That transportation, that infrastructure intertwined with everything. I know it's not the issue in policy that gets people fired up, but it's important all the less. It is what drives our economics. If we don't have these corridors, if we don't have the investment in our transportation, talking about issues with supply chain, don't have the proper road and infrastructure in place, you're gonna have even more supply chain issues across the state of Texas. In part two of this series, we focus a bit more locally on the city of Dallas. When I got elected in 2017, our um, road conditions probably across the entire city um, were, were easily an F. You know, I think that we've, you know, maybe gotten it up to a D plus, maybe a C minus, you know, in four and a half, you know, five years later that I've been on the city council. And we learn more about how the roads impact our cars. About six months ago, I, I was just gotten my wheels realigned and everything. And then I hit a pothole and before I knew it, anytime I got up over like 60 miles an hour, you know, my car starts vibrating and you can tell the alignment's off again. If you like what you heard today, please rate, review and subscribe to KRLD In-Depth. It helps others find the show. I'm Chris Blake. I'll talk to you in part two.